friends. Welcome to the Unlikely Mentors Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Mitzi. And each week, we'll share tidbits of wisdom we've learned through life and through our rather unusual friendship. Welcome to episode number 64. Hey, Mitz. Hey, Kels. So we are in our final episode of our marriage mini-series, and we started, what, like four weeks ago talking about the qualities of a healthy marriage, and then I think these episodes were so fun. Our second, third episodes, we had our husbands join us, and I know I'm biased, but I really love those ones, and now we are going to talk about the stages of marriage, and I'm, you know, Mitz, I'm sure we're going to come back and talk about our marriages again and again in this podcast because it's... It is where we learn probably the most about ourselves and in life, Uh, but that will conclude our, you know, actual mini series. That's right. And so, Mitz, you've done a bit of research, and and so and I, so have I. But can you tell us about the stages of marriage as an overview a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Before we jump in and talk about them, so. A lot of people who are married think of life as before marriage and after marriage, but that's just too simple because some people are like single for 20 years and then they're married for 60. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot more to the marriage part than than just the before and after. And so people have people smarter than I have come up with different stages of marriage. And some people say there's three stages, some people five, seven. It it doesn't really matter. But what's important to know is that there are different phases you go through in your relationship. And that is good to know that there are such things. And when you're in a particular stage, because then you understand more about how this fits into the big scheme of your marriage. And if you're in a phase that maybe is not so much fun, you can know, you know what, this is just what we're doing right now. Just for example, I think if you have two babies and they um, don't sleep well at night and you've got diapers and crying during the day, I think if you know that this too shall pass, that that kind of gives you a little incentive to keep on going, being a parent and a being a spouse. So it's just, it's kind of fun to understand what these stages are. And it's also uh, helpful. I agree. I, I totally agree. I've really enjoyed looking at these stages and trying to figure out like where Chris and I are. And did we go through like our previous, what have we been through already? And did we go in the order they say we go in like all that thing? I think it's super just interesting to reflect on as well. Yeah, and I I just want to add that, just kind of like that, the seven stages of grief, where there's shock, denial, anger, I can't remember the order even. And they used to say that this is how people grieved in this order. And we have come to learn that people don't go in any particular order, and they skip steps, and they leave some out completely. And that's the same thing as we talk about the different phases of marriage. Not everybody goes through these smoothly and maybe that's a good thing. And sometimes you circle back and redo a phase, but we're just going to talk in general about what these phases are. And again, so that you can recognize where you're at and make that particular phase uh, more beautiful. Agree. And so we, there are seven stages that we're going to talk about and kind of just briefly hit on and chat about. So Mitz, number one. Yeah. What do we got? Number one, this is the fun one to talk about. It's called the honeymoon phase. And that lasts, oh, there's different uh, opinions, but I'm going to say that lasts for about a year. 
And I think it starts, you know, well before the actual day of the marriage. But um, the honeymoon phase is when you're highly attracted to each other. You want to please each other. You're infatuated with the idea of being together and the idea of marriage. And and it's just all about each other. And it's really kind of cool because because that's happening that really enables you to bond as a couple during that time. Usually there's no children in that first year for most people. And so the couple can just focus on each other. And I I read this back in way, way long time ago in ancient Israel, when somebody got married um, and they were soldiers, they were actually allowed to stay home for a year so that they could work on their marriage, their family, start having kids and all that. So that honeymoon phase is really like the the start of gluing you together so that you can do life. It sounds so fun. And and we we've talked about this before, like the foundational you you have to laugh with your spouse, right? And have fun. Yeah. And like this stage seems to set the stage for the rest of marriage. I that agree. You have agree. this this sort of, you know, rosy toned life for yeah. a while. Yeah. And then we get to to the second stage, which they say is adjustment. And they say, this is like years one to three. Now, adjustment is talking, is looking at our, how do we mesh two lives? And I know in Chris, in my interview, when we talked to Chris, he mentioned this of like, Mm-hmm. It's hard to combine two people who have different routines and have different traditions and friend groups and how does that all mesh together? And so the adjustment stage is like how do you you work through all of that? And when I saw these first two stages, the honeymoon and then the adjustment, right away in my mind I was like, "Oh, we flip-flopped those." The, really? Like the first, yeah, the first year of marriage for us, it wasn't bad by any means, but I think we had more big fights in our first year of marriage than all the other years combined, like the next wow. five, because we were really struggling to, we were figuring out finances, we were figuring out vacations, we were fi- like all these yeah. things. And we both have like g- great families and we luckily both like I have great in-laws and Mitts. I know you had great in-laws. Yes. And so not everyone has that. That could even make it worse um, or harder. But yeah, right away I was like, oh, I think we flip-flopped. I think we adjusted for like the first year. And then we're in this honeymoon phase of like, oh, now that we've figured out how we're going to do this, it's so fun to do oh. this together, you oh, know? good. And you know what? Maybe everybody should flip the order on that because that sounds like a better way to do it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The adjustment period can be hard. Let's just say that. But I think, again, naming it. And if you know that it's normal, it makes it a little easier to be like, okay, this doesn't mean we have a bad marriage. This just means we're in a hard spot right now. We're figuring it out. Good. And yeah, thank you for kind of clarifying that again, because that's kind of the reason why we're even talking about this. Okay, so the third stage, some people call it the great escape. And so you've adjusted to each other and you've kind of gotten into this understanding of your partner and a little bit of a routine. This is maybe three to five years of marriage. And things get start to get a little maybe not tedious, but not really exciting, either uh, happy excited or sad excited. It's just kind of a status quo. And this is sometimes where 
people will get that seven-year itch they talk about. This is three to five years, but where they're just like, hey, wait a minute, is this all there is? Is this what I'm going to be doing for the next 40 years of my life? People might start taking up new activities separately, just kind of trying to find their own rhythm again. And uh, hopefully that particular stage doesn't last um, all of three to five years and you can uh, get to the next stage, which I think is a little bit easier to develop in your marriage. When I was when I was reading about the great escape stage, I first of all thought because they talk a lot about you start to do things independently to like regain who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And right away, I thought, oh my gosh, is the podcast that for me? <laughs> like, are no, because no, right? you included him in in the uh, last That's right. couple he episodes. Was, yeah, si- only sixty some episodes to get him here, but so I mean. It could be, yes, but I, I would push back to the people who made these lists and just say, like, I, I don't think that's all bad to be establishing yourselves individually if you figure out how to cheer each other on and support each other. You know, like, Chris coaches for a whole season, and that is really hard on our family, but that is his passion, and he loves it, and he's impacting lives, and so I'm willing to give up a lot for him to be able to do that. And in the same sense, he gives up a lot so that I can record with you in the middle of the day or get my master's, right? All of those things. And so I don't think that the greatest escape stage has to be bad. I see it as like, no, you can cheer each other on and, and still be individuals who are achieving goals. I don't know. That's my little soapbox about that one. So it's an escape from the mundane? Monotony? Monotony? Yeah. Okay. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't read it. I don't like to think of it as like that. Now, of course, like the seven year itch, that's not great. I'm not looking for someone else. It's not about my relationship. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. monotonous. It's about it's, you. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, and that leads to step uh, stage four, which they called reassessment, which is like to the decade mark of your marriage where you are looking at your marriage and really recommitting, especially if you have something like that seven-year itch where you're like, hmm, do we want to be married? Okay, like Mm -hmm. hopefully it's not even an option to not be married anymore, Uh, but but really recommitting to grow your relationship. And I mean, gosh, maybe this looks like going to therapy for a few sessions so that you can reconnect. Maybe it looks like finding mentors and role models who are past that stage who can help you like see the other side of this. I think one thing that you told me Mitz a long time ago when we first got married was that I needed to find people who were for my marriage. Like the only Mm -hmm. people I couldn't, I can't vent to about something Chris did to just anyone. I can only talk about struggles with someone who is for our marriage because I don't want someone coming at me being like, totally agree. How are you even married to him? What? He did that? Yeah. Yeah. That's not helpful. I need someone to be like, interesting that that was his response. Could you see why he would do that? You know, like that sort of thing and like building on it. And so that was one piece of really great advice that I, you gave me, Mitz, to find, surround myself with people who are for my marriage. Um, and I think Chris and I have done that pretty well. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I remember when I told you that we had that relationship 
where I, if I, something was on my mind, I know I could tell you because you love Dave and you know, we're great, but that I could say, oh gosh, I was really upset this morning because blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. So, okay. So that was, um, the reassessment stage. And then the, and this is past where I'm at in my relationship with Chris right now. So this is for me, I have not been in these next three stages and I'm excited about them and, you know, interested to see what happens. So Mitz, can you talk about this growing stage next? Yeah, I'll try to make the next few stages sound really wonderful so that you'll yeah. want to keep going. Um, yeah, so the growing stage, I I remember this very well. For me, this is like um, you've been married 10 to 20 years. Your kids are, they're not, maybe they're not out of the house, but they're old enough to kind of, for you to have some independence and they have some independence. Perhaps they, some of them are off to college or or out of the house. And that allows you and your spouse to kind of work on your career, focus more on yourself, like in the great escape period, but also on yourselves, plural, the unit as a marriage where you can find things that you enjoy. You can go off and go on a date more easily. You can talk to each other in the house without a lot of other stuff going on. It's kind of like the nuts and bolts of doing life together. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this that. This sounds really nice. I'm Not that I love our kids. I don't want our kids to be out of the house at all. But this stage sounds really fun. I know that I read that some people in this stage will do like a vow renewal because they can really focus on each other again. And listen, I don't need to renew my vows because we are committed to them. However, I want to redo my reception. I oh. want to invite all my people over. I want to have drinks and dancing and good food and just have such a great time. So when we get there, I'm throwing a party, okay. uh, not necessarily vow, vow renewal, but like, look at, we've come this far. Let's, Let's have a good time. That. Exactly. I hope I make the short list. <laughs> you will. You'll be there. Okay. So then after growing, we get to this midlife stage, which again, I'm speaking just from what I've read where, okay, you have an empty nest. And I can imagine this if in, and some people of course don't have kids or it doesn't match this time frame. But you get to this point where you no longer are focusing so much on your children. And so I I can imagine there's this question of like, well, what do we do now? Like, (laughs) we have all this time together. Is that that what it feels like, Mitz? It, It does. And I've specifically for Dave and me, when our last child went off to college, or even before that, because he was a senior and independent and all that, but... We kind of looked at each other and we said, now what? And it wasn't like, oh, no, the children are gone. We were very happy and proud that our children were doing the next thing. But a lot of what you used to do was no longer necessary. So interestingly enough, Dave and I just kind of kept status quo for a couple of years after our youngest son went off to college. We still, you know, we were both working full time. We would come home, do dinner, uh, maybe watch a little TV, do homework, go to bed, do the same thing on weekends. And we, until probably it took us three years to go, okay, wait a minute, this is, this is real and this is going to be the way it's going to be for a while. So we really get to do fun things together. We get to date each other again. It's kind of almost like, a honeymoon phase. So I guess we mm. circled back from six to one. It's a great time. And your and your kids are 
often a lot of fun at that time because they're like just doing brand new things and and it's really great. Well, and I can see how if you don't take advantage of that, it could be tricky because you don't have as many soccer games to go to anymore. You don't have the choir concerts. You don't have even the group of friends might change because I, from what I've heard, you're friends with your kids' friends, parents, right? right? Does that make sense? So like a lot can change there. And if you don't take advantage of it, I could see that you'd be like, well, this stinks. I've lost so much instead of, oh my gosh, look at what we can do now in the in the difference. And I think that's always a, a great mentality to have. You know, I was talking to um, who I was talking to my therapist actually, and she we're talking about a change and she said, with every single change in your life, there is some sadness because there is something mm-hmm. that you lose. Even if the change is so good, you get the best new job, there's still going to be some sadness of what has ha- what you is changing. Does that make sense? And I think that applies. Totally. I'm getting ahead of myself. Total rabbit trail here. Sorry. But each of these stages, there is good in the last stage. And so there can be, you know, sadness and that's okay as you move on to the next stage and look ahead. And I just, I think of that, especially at this stage when you're like, man, my kids are out of the house. I mean, it could be that way. Yes, I think you're spot on with that, with everything in life. Even when you're going to do something really great and wonderful, you have to say goodbye to something else, and that's always sad. It's kind of like sending your kid off to college. You are sad because the life up until then will never be the same, but you are so happy that they are going to be able to do this great thing. And so the happiness outweighs the sadness by far. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us to like what they say is the last stage of marriage, this fulfillment stage. And Mitz, I feel like I I just, you and Dave, I think maybe are in this stage and I love it. Can you talk about that? Well, actually we're at a stage one honeymoon continually. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have to address this final stage fulfillment, yeah, when I got, when I read that and got to that point in my reading, I thought, whoa, th- we are here because this is like 30 years plus of marriage. And, and you're you, at 40. Yeah, and we're at 40. And we got married a little later than a lot of people our age and had kids a little later as well. But th- the things that characterize this stage, though, th- some of the negatives are, you often have parents who are not well or you've lost parents, so there's that reality or you're taking care of each other's parents. That's hard. There are um, health issues. And as Dave and I go into this final stage, it sounds awful like, okay, and then you <laughs> It die. does. Let's not call it the final stage. No, I don't like that. call it just the fulfillment stage. Um, yeah, the best stage. Yeah. we. I mean, it sounds cliche, but... Dave is my best friend, and uh, I mentioned before I hadn't always said that because we were so busy. We I didn't like confide in him. I was just busy putting out fires of, of living. But we love being together. We get to go do things together. He's retired now, so we can hop in the car in the middle of the day and, and go do something. We can go on a day trip. We can do weekends together. We have our grandkids, which are really 
a huge part of our happiness. And that does not mean that the stage is without um, other negatives, because who wants to get older? But of course. If you can make it, uh, you know, through those first six stages relatively unscathed, unscathed, this is a fabulous place to be. Mm. I think that's a testament. And I would guess that you guys, I hope, I hope many, many couples are this way, but you guys have worked very hard to get here and you guys have fought to stay committed to each other in, in not just in like a physical way or, but like in a deep sense of working on your marriage. And I just think it's so impressive. I love to, you guys explore together still, even if it's going to a park or going, don't sometimes you guys get like two different lunches because you like want different things or something. Yeah. Like sometimes we go to, we go to McDonald's and then we go across the street to Long John Silver's because I like the chicken planks. And then we get in the car and we go and it's really fun. And it probably only costs like $9. And exactly. I can't imagine doing that because I'm like, listen, we've got 2.3 minutes and we need to get in and out. And if the line's too long, we're going home and we're not eating. So it's, it, uh, it's cool to see. Oh, so those are the seven stages. I mean, I agree. I think I can see, I can think of marriages, you know, in my life, people I know who are in or have been in pretty much all of these stages. And some of them I'm excited for. Some of them I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I just, I think it's just going to go fast. And again, I, I love marriage. I think marriage is a real win. So I also think that being able to name what you're going through and knowing that it's normal is just so helpful. And I hope that as a listener, you feel that like whatever stage you're in in your marriage is valid and it can be good or bad. But I hope that we are all surrounding ourselves with people who are for our marriages, who are cheering us on as we build life together. And I know Mitt's like, you are that person for me still. And, and we, I, I hope to be that person for everyone around me, uh, as some, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. You try to be supportive. Yeah. Hard doesn't mean bad. Hard doesn't mean bad. So we hope that you have loved hearing about what we have to say about marriage. We're of course not done talking about marriage, but just in this formal sense, we will be. This is our last episode in the marriage mini series. We hope that you will connect with us over on Facebook and Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, we would love that five-star review and uh, maybe a nice word in there as well. It just helps other people find the podcast. So thank you so much for listening and we hope you have an awesome week. Bye.